Hi friends, this is Lynette and Renee, founders of MoodWealth.com, an app-based company offering mental wellness support for Black women by Black women. You're listening to our official podcast called The Wealthy Mind, where we discuss relationships, self-care, work-life balance, motherhood, and mental health, all through the lens of the Black woman. Today, we're talking about panic attacks and agoraphobia with wellness practitioner, herbalist, and farmer, Abril. She'll be talking all about her specific journey through panic attacks and agoraphobia, as well as providing people with some tips on how to overcome and support people with panic attacks and agoraphobia. Hi, Abril. Welcome to our podcast. It's so nice to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk about, honestly, one of my favorite topics, which is mental health. So yes, thank you for inviting me on your platform. I'm glad you said that too, one of your favorite topics, especially in our community, because I don't hear that often. And especially the topic that we're talking about today, as I said in the intro, just panic attacks and agoraphobia. Um, is something that is not widely spoken about. So the fact that you're excited about it, well, I'm excited that you're excited. (laughs) That's one of the reasons why I'm excited about it because I do like to speak out on it because many people in our community don't speak out on it. And as you all know, there's so many different stigmas surrounding around mental health. In the beginning of my career, I actually devoted a large part of my career, which was destigmatizing anxiety and destigmatizing mental health and letting people know that anxiety has no look. You know, I can look mm-hmm. like who I am. And yes, I have mental health issues. So that was honestly my platform for the beginning of my, my wellness journey. And throughout my wellness practice, I make sure to always highlight, to talk about, to, you know, mention products, just things to help people in our community, because most people don't know that, you know, us people of color are about three times more likely to experience, you know, anxiety Mm -hmm. compared to other races, because we are just repeatedly traumatized. (laughs) Like every day, like on the internet. On the television, like all the time. And Mm -hmm. the fact that like, there's so many things that you just said, and we haven't even gotten to like, tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll circle back to that. (laughs) Because there's so many gems that you just dropped, like anxiety has no look. And I know when it comes to especially the black community, because we are like the epitome, the personification of like strength, they feel like it, it, we're untouchable almost when it comes to anxiety. So it has to be something else. Like even going into therapist's office that aren't culturally competent, they will write it off as something else. Oh, but you're so strong. Like Mm -hmm. I've been told that, Mm -hmm. you know, so many times. Girl, hate it. Like what does, let's redefine it. I think that's the key. Let's redefine it. Or or you get told, well, have you talked to talk to Jesus? Did you talk to Jesus? Go pray about it. I like to say I'm not strong. I just make it look easy. Right. (laughs) But I experience everything that you go through and more. I that's something else I want to destigmatize this idea that black people are some magical, mythical human beings who don't experience pain or anxiety or fibroids or all the other issues that none of the other stuff because 
nothing. So I like to, that's my platform as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into all that, well, we kind of got into it. Tell us a little bit about you, Abril. I will say that we found you on Instagram and we initially found your teas. And I know we'll talk about that too later, but I am a tea fan. Like I have come back to be a repeat customer. I know you're in your process of rebranding, but I love your teas and but I more importantly really loved your story behind it so can you tell us a little bit about you and what you do so I am a wellness professional I am an herbalist and a farmer and I own a herbal tea and wellness school called the tea business school where I teach people about herbs about herbal medicinal teas and how to start an herb-based business So I actually got my start in my herbal business. I have been in business about two and a half years now. And I started because of my anxiety. That was one of the things that actually helped push my my brand and the idea behind wanting to sell herbal teas was because I have struggled with anxiety for the past six, seven years off and on. And the only way, honestly, that I was able to overcome my anxiety was through herbs. Now, I want to preface this by saying that I am not telling anyone, I'm not telling anyone what to do and what not to do. If you are in therapy and it's working for you, stick with it. If you are taking medication, medication has worked for you, do whatever your doctor is saying. For me personally, I went the herbal route and that was, you know, how I was able to overcome anxiety, but do what works best for you. And so I dealt with anxiety and then the pandemic happened and I realized that so many people who look like me were dealing with anxiety. And so I'm like, you know what, I want to help provide, you know, some kind of remedy from this trauma that we are all experiencing. If you all don't remember, it was the height of George Floyd. It was Breonna Taylor. It was so many things. And I'm like, I know if I'm going through it, I know every Black person is going through it right now. So I knew I had something that has helped me in the past. And even though, you know, I've struggled with anxiety, anxiety is never just a one-stop shop. Sometimes you can relapse and your anxiety comes back and you can be great for a few years and then you just stressed out and now you have all the symptoms over again. And so that's something that I have have to constantly, honestly, maintain uh, my mental health practices so that I don't go back to the panic attacks. And so- I launched my business with one of my tea blends, which was my, it's called my anxiety. And that was honestly one of my number one best-selling teas during the pandemic, because who did not have anxiety (laughs) during the pandemic? (laughs) And uh, around that time, um, I actually had a um, social media mental health group called Anxiety in Black, where I met with a lot of people who were experiencing anxiety during the pandemic. We would meet weekly and just talk about anxiety. And uh, I use that platform again to help destigmatize anxiety. I put myself out there and said, hey, I have anxiety and you would never know it. You know, I look like this. And I, I honestly want to, I, I still have the page. I just have not posted on it in two years. <laughs> <laughs> 
do want to bring that back. I had to, you know, focus on other things, but that was something that was instrumental in, you know, helping me talk about anxiety, helping other people. And then from there, I went on to develop other tea blends. I've been using tea blends pretty much my whole life to remedy a lot of different wellness issues, anxiety being one of them. And so I've been able to introduce my wellness tea blends to other people and they were a hit. And my business has taken off. And so my business is surrounded around herbal medicinal tea blends for wellness issues that primarily affect the Black community. However, you can be anyone and purchase these tea blends because, you know, they work for everyone. However, they stem from me wanting to help my community overcome a lot of the issues that we were having and issues that I had personally with my anxiety, with endometriosis, um, mm-hmm. digestive issues, other wellness issues. And so, yeah, I wanted to share the knowledge with the world. You mentioned panic attacks in there um, and you didn't mention agoraphobia, but I know that you have experienced that from just following your journey and your story. I do want to, before we get into that, say, you know, panic attacks are a greater symptom of anxiety. I like to say it is a result of unmanaged anxiety. Um, It's feeling this sense of doom, this impending doom, like something bad is going to happen. And, and you just, you're afraid of almost everything. And then agoraphobia is a larger symptom of panic attacks that aren't managed. And then you become fearful of going out into crowded places. Some people are fearful of uh, the supermarket. Some people are fearful of even leaving their homes, you know, or a certain room in their home. There's a wide, there's a spectrum when it comes to panic attacks and agoraphobia. What was it like for you is what I want to know. So the interesting thing was my anxiety came out of nowhere. So you know, my therapists or other therapists say that there's some event that triggers the anxiety. I just woke up one day with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And there's <laughs> not always, like, there's not always a, a, an event. Sometimes it's just a family history or you're just more sensitive to stress than others. My therapist was telling me, they were like, well, what, why do you have anxiety? She wanted to get to the, the bottom of it. I'm like, I really don't know. Now I do have a family history of mental health issues. Unfortunately, um, my uncle, uh, just passed actually, he was a, uh, a diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic Mm -hmm. and um, he just passed from an episode ran out into the freeway um, after having an episode thank you that was tough Um, my grandmother um, was a schizophrenic my mom is bipolar my sister struggled from a depression suicidal mm-hmm. temp- attempts mm-hmm. and anxiety and I like to say fortunately I just had depression and anxiety right, <laughs> so- right? because sometimes you just gotta say girl I'm one of the lucky ones <laughs> I just oh, had anxiety <laughs> like you know <laughs> Say that that's lucky for just being depression and anxiety because that still is debilitating all on its own. It but is. I'm like, look, I have bipolar schizophrenia. <laughs> I will take the anxiety. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you can laugh about it. Oh, I really love that. Oh, me and I joke about it. You know, it's funny. We we joke about it all the time. We just like, man, our jeans are messed up. What is going on with our jeans? 
why are we all so messed up? I'm like, I do not know. <laughs> and but, that, that speaks yeah, to so, your question um, about anxiety too, because I will like to just circle back. You said that I just woke up one day with anxiety. Sometimes there is no event. You know, sometimes it is having a large family history of mental illness, and it doesn't have to be specifically anxiety. It's just a family history of mental illness. So I just want to highlight that for the people who are are listening and said, I didn't have a specific event. You know, I just woke up with anxiety. There really is not always this root cause. Like we always like to get to the root. What caused it? And really it's the how that matters. Thank how you for mentioning that. Just because again, the my mental health professional, she was focusing on the root. <laughs> you know, and so that was I got drilled into my in my mind. Now I did realize that there was some kind of root cause, not in the traditional sense of there was some um, big thing that happened in my life that caused anxiety. But I realized that now, honestly, if I did more therapy sessions, she could I could have got to the bottom of this. But I realized that I have a um, a really really strong fear of being alone, mm. and uh, I've been on my own um I moved out at 17 and I've just always been on my own and um somehow I developed this strong fear of loneliness which I realized that a lot of people um who have anxiety that can be a root of their anxiety and so I was navigating the world by myself and literally everything would make me think of being alone and not having anyone and what if I you know I had an instance where funny enough a panic attack Mm -hmm. um where it started off as an allergic allergic reaction and I started having a panic attack because I thought oh my gosh I'm alone I could die no one finds me alone and so that turned into a panic attack and so um a lot of my anxiety the origin of it um, is rooted in that that debilitating fear. Um, however, it has pretty much transcended different parts of my life. When you have or struggle with an anxiety disorder, you know those chemicals in your brain get out of whack. So you have anxiety. You be washing dishes and get anxiety. You like your anxiety right? out of control. Like, like where did this come from? <laughs> like, like exactly. I'm washing dishes. Yeah. Right. So I can be washing. <laughs> and started getting anxious and I'm like what is going on I am watching you know watching something normal and so um it rooted it started in that I do remember a time in my life where I just constantly was like I'm alone I'm alone I'm alone mm-hmm. um but then it grew into now you know if for those of you who are are listening all of us have some form of anxiety it's normal mm-hmm. to have some form of anxiety some form of nervousness some form of butterflies but when it's turned into an anxiety disorder is when your body and your brain is constantly stuck in that fight or flight mode. So now during normal situations, you are having these anxiety symptoms and that turned out to be me and what I was going through. What, how did that lead into agoraphobia for you? So it again grew from the loneliness to just spread out into to everything. My anxiety actually at one point took over my life. So I was having the panic attacks and um, I would say I wouldn't wish that on anybody. It was the absolute worst feeling in the world. Um, you literally select where I am. 
pain. And on top of it, my panic attacks made me now fearful of going to the hospital. Because mm-hmm. when I I told you I was having an allergic reaction, um, that was the root cause of my issue was allergic reaction. But when I went to the hospital, they all they saw was this black woman in a bonnet in my pajamas, and mm-hmm. they stigmatized me and they didn't deliver mm-hmm. me any help or aid. They they looked at my chart and said, "Oh, she has you know menstrual health issues," and they just saw that piece. And they didn't, you know, think to check anything else or take my vitals or do this because they saw someone. I, I told you you can have a panic attack and start having anxiety anywhere. I was on my couch in my pajamas and my bonnet mm-hmm. and watching TV. Mm-hmm. And I was just remember, I remember thinking that, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. If I do die, at least I'm in a hospital and they can revive me. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. But even there, much- you felt unsafe. Yes. And so um, I started getting um, anxiety surrounding around going to hospitals. Um, mm-hmm. I, to this day, if I go past a hospital, like I will start panicking because I remember the time I almost died in a hospital because of an associated uh, uh, issue that turned into a panic attack. And even in that instance, I remember I had to leave. I left and went to another doctor. I told myself there, I'm like, a real if you calm down and show them it's not just your anxiety, maybe they will take you seriously. So I use all of my might, <laughs> my breathing techniques to calm down. And I told them I still cannot feel my body. My body is numb. I waited some hours, still didn't give me no help, went to another doctor. And they said, bro, thank you for coming when you did. If you would have waited longer, your area would have closed and could have died. And, so, and that is so dehumanizing, like mm-hmm. the fact that as black people, we have to we have which gives you anxiety because we have so much to think about before we even get to like when we get to the hospital. We, OK, let me calm down. OK, let me act like this. OK, let mm-hmm. me, just so they'll take me seriously. Right. Like, and my issue to add icing on it, this whole honestly experience is what, you know, had me develop my my extreme anxiety around hospitals was that same instance where the person the doctor there did not render any aid when i got to the doctor the first thing he asked was what was i on he told me what are you taking as in to intimidate out on drugs so not only did he look at this black woman in her bonnet and pajamas he before he even looked at you know my charts and saw that I had anxiety or suffered from anxiety and depression. He assumed that I was on drugs, and I could just you know remember thinking like I work at a school. I'm a speech therapist. Like what do you mean <laughs> right. I work? <laughs> you know, and it is just it was that honestly that whole situation. So when you talk about agoraphobia, a lot of the times it is this extreme debilitating fear of certain places of going out in public. Um, for me, it was hospitals. Um, it it branched out into other things. Um, I do suffer from social anxiety, and during the pandemic, remember I told you that sometimes if you're not practicing good, you know, self care, and all those other practices, it can come back. During the pandemic, I, I started to develop, you know, anxiety severe anxiety around leaving the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not go to grocery stores. I remember going mm-hmm. to grocery stores 
having a whole panic attack. I didn't want to touch anybody. I'm literally, y'all can't see me, but mm-hmm. I'm literally trying to go. I would have to give myself a pep talk mm-hmm. to go in, to go in the store. store. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and I will only be able to be in there. Somebody walk past me or, or touch me. I start freaking out. I'm like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was my panic, my anxiety was surrounded around a lot of social, a lot of places, so grocery stores, hospitals, for the reason I just told you, the pandemic was a pandemic. So, right. you know, that led into that. Um, I used to be very, very, you know, shy, believe it or not. I'm like an extroverted introvert, but I didn't like being around people. To this day, you know, I don't like people. <laughs> I, I hear you. I, <laughs> I, I second that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, and you know, I'm just like, man, y'all, I like to be in my bubble. So unfortunately, <laughs> it's funny, I have a career. I have to be on camera. And I just think, I'm like, how did I get here? That's a good question. You know, that that's a really good question because you are so eloquent and just oh, it you. seems effortless like just looking at you like when oh, you're on camera not. and that's what i wanted you. to mention you know it takes work right like it takes it's almost like a, a lot of work yeah for me personally um little known fact is i have a stutter so i'm a stutterer Ooh. um also have anxiety surrounding around that so anxiety mm-hmm. with public speaking um how I got over my anxiety of public speaking is I showed up on camera. <laughs> so that was a peak of mine. I'm like, okay, um, the reason why I became, you know, went to the of speech therapy was so that I can learn to manage my stutter and how I constantly, you know, try to push through it is I show up on camera and it helps me honestly feel more comfortable with public speaking. I am currently doing speech techniques to manage my stutter, but sometimes I will still stutter. Um, it just is a part of the game, but it helps me not have anxiety surrounded around, oh my gosh, if somebody hears me stutter, they're gonna think that I'm not professional or I'm not knowledgeable. And so that is something that I have used uh, to help with my anxiety with stuttering actually. So what I'm here, and I, I just love you, and I love your transparency and your openness. My husband has a stutter, and he says the same thing. Like, he is so, I, I'm the introvert in the family. Like, I can be in my bubble for as long as you'll allow me <laughs> to be. Like, don't talk to me, don't say anything, you know, I'll just smile and say, oh, okay, that's nice. And that's about the extent of my conversation. But he, on the other hand, I can tell push it. Well, he not can tell he tells me he pushes himself, you know, to be more vocal because of the stutter so that he can not have so much anxiety around the stutter. So what I'm hearing through you and through him is avoidance is not key. Right. If you have it's anxiety, if you have a stutter, if you can't avoid it, you got to kind of push and challenge yourself a bit. Is that what you're saying? Is that what helped you through? Um, for the stutter, that was my own personal technique. Um, mm-hmm. However, I also went to school to study, you know, stuttering. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that also helped me as well. I'm the kind of person where if I don't know how to do something, I will learn how to do. I will take a class, of course, and become an expert in that. And that's just the kind of learner I am. 
Um, but with the anxiety, I don't believe in running away or hiding from it just because that is what we do in our community. So, mm-hmm. you know, someone mentioned before, you know, we, we pray it off. So I feel like in the black community, there's a couple things we do to hide our anxiety. We sleep it off, <laughs> we smoke yeah. it off, we pray it we off. Pray it off. So, and do some other off. extra activity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, or we're just really angry because that is a mask like that means i'm more powerful you don't have to i don't have to feel afraid or my anxiety if i put on this mask of anger yeah there was a study that i read about black women they were talking about how black women are actually more times likely to experience anxiety compared to black men which i found interesting and in the study it said that the way that black women's anxiety manifests is through anger Anger. so a lot of times have that stigma of being the angry black woman no we just have anxiety anxiety mm-hmm. and we can't get any help because mm-hmm. if i go and get help you're gonna think i'm on drugs nobody's <laughs> listening <laughs> and so then you get angry because you're not being heard and then you're right. like and it's like what what else are we supposed to do <laughs> right which is why conversations like these are so important mm-hmm. i wanted to ask what are some of the things in specifically from the people in our community that you did find helpful? And what are some of the things that you found harmful as you were navigating this journey? So unfortunately, you know, a lot of people that I have come across, either they suppress it or they practice an overindulgence of those suppression activities. Mm-hmm. And I would say to first recognize it and not think that you're crazy because that is something else that is placed on us as black people when it comes to any kind of mental health. I actually do not like using the term crazy to describe any kind of mental health disorder because that's the issue in the first place is that people think that, oh, I'm crazy. And I've been caught crazy before with having anxiety. I'm like, no, I'm not crazy. You know, I just have a chemical imbalance in my brain that I can't control. (laughs) And and for me, crazy, crazy denotes unfixable. Like it means that there's no coming back from it. And as you can see, you're still not, you're not held back still from your anxiety or going, oh, you're living a full fine. life. Right. So yeah. you're not crazy. <laughs> I'm not at all. That's why, again, I like to show up and say, this is what anxiety looks like mm-hmm. because no, I am not crazy. No, I'm not in a corner, you know, rocking back and forth or, you right. know, talking to myself. No, I just have certain anxiety symptoms that honestly, you wouldn't even know if I didn't tell you. So mm-hmm. people don't understand that anxiety manifests itself differently in other people. So mm-hmm. for me, I, you know, start getting chest pains. I may start shaking. I may get migraine. I may have digestive issues. Some people may have sleep issues. Mm-hmm. There are other symptoms that plague other people depending on your body and what's going on in your body but again if i didn't tell you <laughs> that i you am having know. you wouldn't know it so that again comes to that destigmatization piece of me just saying that hey anxiety has no look it doesn't make me crazy because i talk about this and i honestly make it a point in every relationship i've been in to let my partners know that i have anxiety i've had ignorant people who you know who equated that to being crazy, but let them know, like, no, I'm not crazy. Again, I just have some things going on in my brain that sometimes get a little out of whack and cause me to have these symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
for for me and for other people, I would say first recognize it and recognize it is 100% normal to have an anxiety disorder. You are not alone. I think last time I read is, you know, close to 30% of Americans alone have experienced more than that. some form of, you know, anxiety, yeah, or anxiety disorder. And to know that, again, it's extremely common, especially with the, the pandemic, we just came out of, I'm using air quotes, <laughs> but with all of those things that everyone have experienced in some form, having anxiety disorder is common um, and that it's okay to have it. If somebody in your family does not want to talk about it, find somebody else, find some other outlet, you know, whatever you have to do to be able to get over it or to be able to manage it. Because then I mentioned that sometimes you can't just get rid of it. It just stays there, dormant there, right. it's brought back out again. But there are ways to manage your anxiety. Um, I mentioned before herbs. So for those of you all who don't know how anxiety works in your body, so pretty much there is an axis in your, your body and your brain called the HPA axis. And that axis is responsible for, you know, producing and controlling a lot of these hormones in our body. And some of those hormones that help, you know, us have <laughs> that cause anxiety. And so some of those hormones are cortisol and adrenaline. And so when that axis gets out of whack, then it's producing too much cortisol or too much adrenaline or not enough or too, you know, it's, it's out of whack. And so that is what gets our body in that constant anxiety state. So your body is like, you know, going out of control with those hormones to where you're always anxious. You're always stuck in that fight or flight. Remember, adrenaline is normal. <laughs> that's our fight or flight. You know, that's what helps us move out of, you know, the street when the car is coming. Mm -hmm. Cortisol helps wake up in the morning and go to sleep. But when it is, you know, out of whack in your body and brain, that's what causes that anxiety disorder and to know that to know you know the, the mechanical you know side of it you can also fix that that is repairable you can balance out those hormones mm -hmm. you can suppress those hormones that's why they give you medication <laughs> you can help your produce certain hormones if you talk about depression um depression you know happens when you have sometimes a lack of that happy hormone that mm -hmm. serotonin there are things, honestly, just going outside and getting vitamin D helps your body right. from the sun. So there are ways to be able to rebalance out those hormones in your body and brain. So I say this to say that you are able to take herbs to be able to help balance out that HPA axis in your brain. So there are certain herbs called adaptogen herbs that actually will help balance out that cortisol and that adrenaline so that you're you're not always on edge. Now, let's just say if you are on edge, there are certain herbs other than marijuana <laughs> that <laughs> can help you feel calm in the moment and take that edge off. Those herbs are called nervine herbs. So for those of you who don't like medication, me personally, again, this is my personal experience. If you're on medication, it's working for you, you know, stick with what works. But for me personally, I didn't like taking medication because it made me feel void of all emotion. I was just there mm -hmm. and I didn't like that. I had no emotion. I just, you know, it was weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I wanted something a little bit more natural. I wanted to be able to laugh and smile and cry mm -hmm. and, you know, feel happy about getting up. And so that's why I got off of medication. 
But if you are like me and you want something a little bit more natural, herbs are a great way, a great, you know, method of going about it. Now, I will preface this by giving a disclaimer that I am not a doctor. I am an herbalist. And if you want to adopt any herb in your lifestyle, please, number one, do your own research. Number two, consult with a healthcare provider before taking any herbs. If you are on any type, any type of anxiety medication, it can counteract or interact with the herbs. So just know that. So if you're on any medication for anxiety, for example, if you are depressed um, and you're taking St. John's work, that can interact with certain medication. Um, same with ashwagandha. It is a mild antidepressant, but that can also counteract if you have any thyroid issues. That is a, um, it can, you know, mess with that. So I say it to say that herbs are medicine. So just mm -hmm. like you would do your research, don't just go taking an herb because a brill said, so I don't say anything. <laughs> I am just giving <laughs> information. information. You know, inform yourself. So herbs can have contraindications. It is medicine. You know, medicine is made, over 50% of medication is made from herbs. So it is a more natural and majority of times a more safer way. Do your own research, consult with the doctor first, make sure the herb is safe for you to take when it comes to your own body, your own wellness issue. Um, and with that, yes, I do with my clients and my customers and my students, I do if that is something that you're looking to do as far as to be able to calm your anxiety or play your nervous system, I focus on herbs. What I will say just from listening to you, just so that everybody understands this, adamantly, vehemently understands that anxiety is 100% manageable. Yes. Everybody has it, just like she said. And I like that you describe the sensations that show up in your body, because in our community, we might be feeling those sensations, but not really know what they are. That we don't really understand that, oh, that's anxiety. So what we're calling crazy is probably what you're feeling. You just haven't, you don't have enough knowledge to put a name to it yet. So I want to highlight that everybody has these symptoms, or you will, if you have a brain at some point in your life even if you don't have a diagnosed uh, mental health disorder. And then number two, again, anxiety is 100, 1000% manageable. Though you have it, though there may be times where you have relapses, like she said, you still can live a very full life and a Brill is proof of it. So tell us about your life now. Like tell us about, you know, how you went from I'm afraid of being alone, afraid to leave my home to now, girl, you just said you're going to Costa Rica, <laughs> Africa. Like, how do you get from there to there? So again, through herbs and proper self-care and just making sure that I'm always in check when it comes to my body and in tune with the stress of everything. So all of this, the panic attacks, agoraphobia, the, you know, the severe anxiety, the severe the symptoms, it was the height of um, maybe at its highest peak was maybe seven, eight years ago. And that's when I started my journey to, you know, healing my nervous system 
And I was able to do that via the herb that I mentioned. So when I say healing, again, rebalancing out those hormones. Mm -hmm. However, there were certain times where I realized if I got really stressed out, meaning I didn't take care of my body, I wasn't eating right, I wasn't drinking right. Fun fact that, you know, I mentioned that serotonin before, over Mm -hmm. 80% of it is in your gut. So if you're not mm-hmm. eating right, right. <laughs> there's an association with the gut and your feelings. So just mm-hmm. know that. So I wasn't eating right, you know, or I just have a lot, take on a lot of tasks. My anxiety will start creeping back. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's what I know. I got to, you know, take a step back. Let me go on a trip. <laughs> Let me do this. Honestly, this beginning of this year. So I used to have those issues to be issues I mentioned before, and I was able to, you know, manage my anxiety to where I have not had a panic attack in over five years. Mm -hmm. I have not experienced, now I still may get, you know, anxiety when I, you know, pass a hospital. I still get anxiety with going to a hospital. Um, But I have not had those severe panic attacks. I was able to stop those, which is great. Um, I was able to live a normal life. Now, this past year, I thought I was superwoman with my business. <laughs> and I did get everything. You every time. <laughs> everything everybody and forgot about myself. And guess what? The anxiety creeped back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I started, you know, when I was launching big, big tasks and big, you know, products, I started, you know, having that anxiety, that chest pain. And fortunately, I was able to nip it. You know, when I started started having chest pains and the irritability, that's my cue to, okay, Abril, take a step back. So the beginning of this year, I started another healing journey where I'm like, okay, let me go ahead and rebalance out my body again, rebalance out my hormones because we can't go back to where we were originally, okay? Mm-hmm. So I did a whole nervous system detox, a whole full body reset to be able to get myself on the back on the right path so that I would not go back to, you know, where I was seven or eight years ago. And now I can, you know, happily say, that I'm doing great, you know, I'm not constantly getting anxious, you know, or having those chest pains. But again, if I don't take care of myself, I know I can slip right back. So that's why I'm taking my trips, okay? I will be in El Salvador for a self-love retreat. Um, I honestly, traveling is therapy to me. (laughs) So (laughs) I love it. I feel that. To reset my my mental health. But I honestly encourage anybody, whatever you know, outlet that you can have. Maybe it's yoga, maybe it's exercise. For me, it's traveling. To so be able to incorporate that in your daily routine. Having self-care practices are one hundred percent important because not only does it help you to stay calm, it can help you produce some of those hormones to help counteract the anxiety and depression, you know? So that's why self-care is important. Even breathing techniques that again can help produce some of those or help out with some of those anxiety hormones. So that's why it's it's good to have those self-care practices, not because, you know, it's cool to do yoga is cool, but it can actually, you know, breathing and just meditation can actually help with that imbalancing your body and brain. So definitely adopt some of those practices to help out. So in short, it truly is a lifestyle change. Like that's what I want everybody to, if you take away nothing else, it is a lifestyle change. She's not saying just take this herb. Oh, just take this medicine. 
you know, she's saying it is managing your life in a way that doesn't allow your emotions to manage you. It's tuning in, it's being self-aware. Oh, I'm a little bit irritable. I need to reincorporate some of these lifestyle changes or I've gotten away from the lifestyle. Because I think a lot of times in our community, it's just like, oh, well, I smoked some weed or, or I took this or, 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 or I'm drunk, but I woke up and I'm still the same. Well, mm-hmm. you can't just do those things. It's yoga, it's breathing, it's self-care, it's travel You know, for you. It might be something else for someone else, but it's not just a one hit wonder like just this one rescue remedy i'm gonna do this and poof it'll be gone it just doesn't work that way oh for me it was a full lifestyle change Mm -hmm. so it was you know changing my schedule and how i operate Mm -hmm. it was changing my diet because there are you know, food that you can eat again that aggravates your gut and your gut mm-hmm. is connected to the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, taking more supplements because I was deficient in vitamin D, <laughs> you know. It was taking herbs as well. So that was a, another tool to help manage, but you can't, <laughs> I love us as a black community, but we like quick fixes. I like Girl. to sample, you know, <laughs> Off your love taking steam off for eating fried chicken, you can't do that. You gotta <laughs> right, right, right. Say it again. Like, what if I want to? You wondering why it's not working? It's right. Multiple things you have to do. Doctor Savi just didn't use sea moss for his clients. He used sea moss and ashwagandha and burdock root and dandelion root and all these other herbs and you know incorporation with alkaline diet and lifestyle was a multitude of things that he used to be able to heal the body so just know that like i said for me it was diet it was lifestyle it was the herbs it was just you know being more mindful checking in with myself you know and just noting when i am stressed out and when i need a break honoring that Honoring, mm, honoring you know, a break for myself and mm-hmm. letting you know that I don't have to be the most hard working person in the world. No one is giving out an award for the hardest working entrepreneur. <laughs> like I've what? never gotten one. Like <laughs> I've never gotten it. <laughs> like there's no award show for it. <laughs> no. No. There's like, no what are you trying to Grammy. Right. Right. And even if there was an award, like what does that what does that trophy do? <laughs> like not a thing thing. i think you know especially amongst the the black women community is like we always try to be the best and maybe that's the deep you know stuff that we gotta work out but we don't have to like it's okay to be regular right it is okay (laughs) i love that you said that it is okay to be regular sometimes regular is the best yes be a regular you don't have to be superwoman at everything and that's something that i'm constantly having to remind myself is that i don't have to always be great i don't have to you know prove myself to anybody like i'm in my own lane you know over here by myself i'm okay. people myself nobody else so clearly, that's, clearly you know, check- <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. yeah but those those things is, is kind of what helps me stay on track and honestly the, the mindfulness and the journaling and that's been very helpful i i have a whole bunch of just mm-hmm. self-care you know routines on top of the earth that i do I you know that. so i have a question um so how can someone else 
support someone that has, you know, anxiety episodes or panic attacks or agoraphobia? Um, I like this question, but I also think it is person specific. Um, it's what I may like, may not be what other people may like. Mm-hmm. Um, I know generally for myself, again, I don't like the term crazy. I don't like when you describe anybody with a mental health disorder as crazy. Um, I don't like when people tell me to calm down. If I could, I would. <laughs> like, like, isn't that, I hate that. Like, you need to relax. You need to calm down. You think? Like, exactly. <laughs> like if that, it were that easy, I'd be calm. <laughs> right. If it were that easy. I don't think people are saying that to be hurtful. They don't they probably don't know what to say or what to do. And that's why well, like, here, 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 here's, a, here's a point of advice. Don't say that. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, like, that's why I'm asking that question. Yeah. So like the other people can learn, okay, if somebody's having a panic attack, don't say crazy, don't say calm down, don't say you need to relax. So then what can they say to kind of help and be supportive without me, offending or making it worse? For me, honestly, just, you know, show up and just listen. Sometimes, you know, in my anxious state, you know, it's just me replaying everything and me just being overworked and overwhelmed. And with my partner, you know, I just tell him just, you know, just just listen, just show up for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, typically I can get out of that anxious state, you know, just being supportive. He he notices when I'm, I kind of get anxious. So he will go and buy me, you know, some uh, um, a, a spa, you know, membership. He just sent me flowers the other day because I was getting out of whack. Um, for for us, you know, he asked me if we can incorporating, you know, incorporate more just relaxation and more prayer. So we try to meditate with each other. So if you are someone who you have a partner, um, and it you know those things work offer to do it with them meditation mm-hmm. with your partner is powerful mm-hmm. and that also strengthen our connection in our relationship if you do pray that's honestly something else that i don't like to people tell me to pray at all you know but if prayer is Doesn't a tool work. that that can help you then you can rely on that but i want people to also know that you know that prayer is something in the black community as a all you know right. a one-stop shop and you know what i want to say when it comes to that is yes prayer can be helpful you know for people who believe in that but for Mm -hmm. other people it may not be helpful Mm -hmm. you know what we fail to realize especially in the christianity community is we think that mental health is you know not a real disease it's not a real thing it's like it's from the devil we can just pray about it it's really weird to me mm-hmm. um and this is honestly a thought you know in a lot of minority communities they think that you know it's not something that is real my my pushback to that is if your body can get sick if your lungs can get sick and you can develop lung cancer if you if your breast your chest can get sick you can develop you know breast cancer what makes you think that your brain can't get sick? Right, <laughs> it is exactly. a normal organ in the body. Mm-hmm. And if all of these different parts of the body can get sick, why your why can your brain not get sick mm-hmm. as well? Absolutely. And is it because you can't see it? Is it because you can't see with a physical ailment that you believe that what I'm going through is not a real thing? And so mm-hmm. I like to just also destigmatize that Christianity and, and mental health, you know, 
<laughs> we don't pray yeah. on it. But yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am also a Christian too. So I said that to say, you know, me and my partner, we we do pray together. So again, to go back to your question, um, what can someone do is offer to do those things with the person. If you notice are noticing that they are having a panic attack, a panic attack in the moment, just know that it will pass. It will pass and wrap their hand and do some breathing techniques. Honestly, that helps me come out of my panic attack when I did have them is be able to do my breathing techniques and be able to tell myself that I am okay, that this is what is happening, that I am not dying. Um, do those with your partner. Be supportive and don't, you know, freak out if, if they are having a panic attack. If they do suffer from any mental health issue, know that it is a, a disorder, just mm -hmm. like anything else, and, and treat it as such. Don't ostracize that person, you know, and think that uh, something is wrong with them. Also, don't blame their mental health or things on their mental health. That's a big one for me. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a trigger for me, and because uh, of your anxiety, you can't do this. You know, right. that's <laughs> I don't like that, you know, like that. I fell out with some fucking friends. <laughs> mm -hmm. I hear you. <laughs> you know, just certain things around it just become knowledgeable, you know, around it. I think those things will help. And it sounds like it's like you said when you first, first started off by saying what helps you. Maybe, you know, just being in conversation with someone, knowing that they have that, um, when they're not having a panic attack, maybe just have that conversation. Hey, when if I'm around, you're having a panic attack. What can I do to help you and let them tell you what is helpful so that when it does happen, you're not like, calm down, calm down, you'll be okay, because that might not be what they need to hear. Well, I will say too, just to just to piggyback on what she said, and just coming from a therapeutic standpoint, um, as a provider, I will say when you are at the height in your fight or flight, nothing is getting through anyway. And so it doesn't matter. You can offer me all kinds of tips and you can say whatever, but it's just not going to your your brain can't comprehend anything at that level, but your anxiety. So my husband is a fixer. So if I you, well, we've been together for almost well, over 20 years now. But in the beginning, he would always try and fix it. Okay, I can do this. What do you need? Okay, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should. And these, it was just a snowball effect of all these tips flying at me. And what I told him that was very helpful was, I don't need you to save me. I just need you to hold my hand while I save myself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I need you to just be here. You know, just be here with me now, knowing that it will pass and I'm not alone while it passes. You know, I don't need your tips. I don't need you to tell me to calm down. I, that's the quickest way to rev me up is to tell me to calm down and relax. Or you just need to relax. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you should just be quiet, you know, and love me through it and it'll go away. I don't need you to do. But I know as someone who also has kids who, you know, manage anxiety, it's really hard not to jump into, I just want to save you mode. I just want to make you better. I mm -hmm. just want to fix it for you. But you can't, you know, that person has to go through it in order to manage it themselves. And, and that's important for people to hear that. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people have never heard that. So they don't even know mm -hmm. that because um, they feel like they're trying to help because they don't they don't want you to they don't 
want to see you like that and they're like okay what can i do to fix it but like you said a lot of people just don't know that just me being there and letting them work through it is being supportive and help in helping them and i like how abril said don't freak out Mm -hmm. (laughs) like right now i need your stability like i need you calm like you can't i'm freaking out already (laughs) you know like we don't need both of us freaking out (laughs) so i really love that Abril, it's been such a joy, but I just wanted to really have you on just to show people that you are proof that you can live a full, complete life, even with an anxiety disorder. It's just all about tuning in work, being self-aware, figuring out what works for you and not being afraid to talk about it. Because sometimes I think that can keep anxiety swirling around is when you try and keep it secret. And I just really love like your transparency and the way that you were just, this is walking in your truth. Like this is the example of walking in your, in your whole truth, your authenticity, not parts of it. You're not saying I'm a successful entrepreneur. I'm an herbalist. I'm this. You're saying I'm this and I'm this, you know, they work together. I'm a whole person. So I just love that about you. And I really, really appreciate you being here with us today. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, I honestly just wanted to say, I know you said shout out to me, but shout out for us, you know, just because you being a mental health professional who has dealt with anxiety and, you know, and panic attacks and me being a wellness professional who dealt with anxiety and panic attacks and me being a person who stutters, you know, who's also a speech therapist. Because that lets people know that we are human. That this is normal. Mm -hmm. Human (laughs) completely. And to know that, you know, if you have somebody who's a mental health professional who struggles with this, like, there's nothing wrong with you. (laughs) You know, my therapist friends, they say all the time, you know, therapists, therapists need therapy. Girl, I have one. You know. (laughs) I have one. Yes. So just thank you your platforms to help, you know, destigmatize a lot of this because some people can, you know, develop imposter syndrome, you know, when dealing with things that, you know, you are currently helping people to overcome, but, you know, you are using your platform to be able to say, yes, I have this. Yes, I struggle with this, but you can also, you know, do these things to help heal from that. So just thank you for providing this platform. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, Abril, before we head out, can you tell people where they can find you? Yes, if you are new um, to any of my platforms, you can find me on Instagram at beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y, herbs, H-E-R-B-S, and A-N-D-T-T-E-A. Make sure to put that whole thing in there because there might be some fraud accounts. <laughs> so make sure herbs and tea. Um, I'm the one with, you know, over 90,000 followers. If you, and that's if you are interested in any kind of teas, wellness tips, herbal medicinal teas for any lifestyle issues, any wellness issues, as well as how to take herbs to start an herb-based business. If you do, you know, want to incorporate more sustainability practices in your daily lifestyle, I do talk about that over there. I am also a farmer, so not only do mm. I talk about herbs, I also am growing herbs. I'm starting my farm this year. I just purchased 87 acres of land out here in Georgia um, with the hope to start. Okay, you know farm. what? That's a whole other conversation that we're going to have you back for. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I, I am. I'm turning my, I purchased land with the hope to start a farm and turn my land into an herbal retreat space. And so I'll be able to have those retreats for people who do suffer from anxiety to be able to come and, and indulge in herbs and learn about herbs and meditation and all those things. So that is in the works currently. Um, if you're interested in farming, you can find me at, at the girly black farmer on Instagram. I also have a YouTube channel. It is the same as my my main Instagram is Beauty Herbs and Tea on YouTube. You can just do the, do the at sign to find me there. If you have any questions, you can send me an email at beautyherbsandtea um, at gmail.com. And lastly, I have a website. Now my teas, we're going through a full rebrand. So I will be offering my teas again, hopefully in a few months, where I will have a full nervous system or herbal tea protocols to help you balance out your nervous system and to calm down, like I mentioned in the beginning, but those will be available within the next few months. However, if you want to start learning about herbs and how to be able to heal your body and heal your brain with herbs, I do offer herbal courses. And you can find those at beautyherbsnt.com. Awesome. Gabriel, thank you so much. Thank you thank so much for being here. We appreciate your presence. And please, we do want you to come back because the girly farmer, like we didn't even touch on that. But the fact that you are infusing so many things to really take control of your own life like you're creating the life you want and that is a whole nother topic and i'd love to have you back for that in the future yes i would love to come back honestly let me tell you i don't do a lot of podcasts okay so <laughs> well you know so what? especially honored yes. i value y'all yes i can hit up a podcast all the time <laughs> Uh, thank you know so that I do, much. I do value all you in this space and thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And before we leave, I just want to say that I gave some of your anxiety to my daughter and she's like, mom, that tea. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to get you some more. And then that's when I found out that you were reading. I was like, okay, we have to wait until right. she's back and stop, but I'll get you some more. <laughs> Like my tea, anxiety is my best seller. It works. It, it works. It works. It definitely works. It does. Yes. It does. For those who don't, you know, do marijuana, if that's too strong for you, just know that there are the options. And the anxiety has been great for people who do have, you know, anxiety. So yes, it'll be coming back, y'all. It'll be coming back soon. <laughs> Please let us know. How can we get definitely. on VIP list? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, love. And we will have you back hopefully in the future. Safe travels to wherever you're going next. Thank yes, you. definitely. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you download our app called Mood Wealth. M-O-O-D-W-E-L-L-T-H, where you can start your mental wellness journey and even schedule one-on-one -on -one affordable sessions with our well-being guides. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening from, or simply tell a friend. You can also subscribe to the Wealthy Mind Podcast on our website and check out some of our wellness products. Wishing you wealth, joy, and ease until next time. <laughs>